Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Kathleen Vandenberg. Kathleen, um, let's start by giving everybody a, a bit of an intro to yourself. Sure. Well, thanks for inviting me, Glenn. This is a great opportunity. Um, I am a financial planner, certified financial planner, but I am quite different. Like I don't believe in traditional financial planning methods. I'm very pro real estate. I'm very against RSPs. I just think they're a tax bomb waiting to happen. And I think you're, you're locking your money up in money jail. Um, I love real estate for ongoing cash flow, the, the leverage potential of growing uh, wealth. Um, and the yeah, the the ability to get wealth from mortgage pay down, from cash flow, from appreciation. So, I mean, nobody has ever said. No, I mean, and honestly, even what you just said, I wanted. It, it's a different way. Like as soon as you like said financial plan, a lot of people are like, oh, this is going to be an episode on RSPs, right? Nope. No, no anti-RSPs. Anti-RSPs. So this is, um, so anyone who's listening to this, I think this is one to really stick around because it's going to be financial planning and real estate. So hold tight because I think this, we're going to go through a bunch of stuff, but hold tight because I, I just, whenever people say financial planning, I always worry they're going to like, oh, I'm out. No, this is a good one. Stick around. Anyway, Kathleen, sorry to cut you off there. <laughs> oh, no problem. I mean, the truth is, is if you ask anybody what was the best financial planning decision they made, they're going to say real estate, even if it's only their principal residence. Yep. And what if else you're doubled in price. <laughs> right. And if you're a real estate investor, you're so pleased with what you've done. So pleased. Um, but what I do is I love to marry real estate with an untaxable wealth solution. Uh, which is basically it's a it's a whole life contract. It's sometimes it's known as cash value whole life, infinite banking, lifetime economic, but it's all building untaxable wealth okay. for Canadians. So how does that work? Let's let's go into it. Um, I know some basics, but honestly, there's more to learn all the time. So let's start with some basics, how it works, and then uh, we'll you know maybe get into a little bit more complicated and how you do it all with real estate to make it all work in one big thing. Sure. So basically, we're going to open up an insurance contract and we've got an insurance component, but we're also going to put stuff, additional funds into the policy. And the beauty of that is that the policy grows on a tax sheltered basis, but you still have access to the to the funds. So it's all about creating liquidity use and control. When you put your money in an RSP, it's one denominational, right? It does one thing. Yep. But here you can still use the, the and you should use the funds for wealth building strategies. And for me, it's definitely, it's definitely real estate focused. So let's go into that, dig in a little bit. So um, me being maybe naive, but anyway, I'll go with my questions and you can correct me. What I think you do is you put in, um, you, you pay basically a life insurance policy, right? And then you put right. additional funds in, and that's what you have access to? Yes. Now there's the, so the, the insurance component grows as well. And even if you never put the additional funds, 
you would start to build wealth that you could access. But when you do additional funds, you have even obviously more wealth that you can access. And that wealth is growing on a tax sheltered basis. Because I mean, here's the thing is, if you're high income or high net worth, which real estate investors are high net worth, you have a target on your back. Government is coming for you. The governments are in trouble and we are gonna see wicked, wicked increases in taxation. They have to. Through COVID, the Canadian debt increased by 57% and the interest on that more than doubled. So they need to pay that bill and they're coming after you. So it's essential for us to start to build untaxable wealth. If you don't like the tax bomb on an RSP, experience the tax bomb when you sell a property you own for 10 years. Maybe let's talk about the tax bomb. What, what kind of tax bomb are they getting when they when at the end of an RSP? What, how much are you going to have to give back to the government? When you take money out of an RSP, you're going to be taxed taxed in the income like like you would if it was salaried income okay the problem is is that when you put the money in in many cases you'll you might be in a lower tax bracket so if you're if you're young and if you're in the beginning of your career the banks are saying contribute to an rsp which is crap because you're probably in a 20 percent tax bracket right rsps are a good tax tool they're just a terrible wealth tool so for instance i actually when i sold a property and had a big tax bill I used my RSP contribution room for that and then took it out in different years. But here's what it looks like in retirement. You see, you're going to need with inflation. So let's say you want to take out 50,000 or 100,000 a year from your RSP. But fast forward that to 20, 30 years down the road. And with inflation, that 50,000 really is going to be 75,000. So you've got tax bracket creep. So even though the value of your money is the same, you're going to pay way more tax. And then if, you're, if your income is actually above 72000 a year, your old age security will be clawed back, which is another taxation rate. In fact, it will be completely eliminated. I think it's above 125 could be 129 I forget exactly. But And then what I see all the time is a married couple. When one passes, their RSPs can move to the other one tax-free, but now they're bumped up a tax bracket and old age security is completely eliminated. So there's all these hidden taxes why an RSP is a terrible, terrible strategy. So, okay. So the alternative, we get this whole life policy. Um, does it matter what policy you get for the actual life insurance to, to build this um, this additional wealth on it? You definitely want to have a whole life policy. I'm not okay. going to get into the different, but you don't want a, a universal life policy and you don't want a term policy for the purposes of, of this. Now, of course, the number one objective is to have enough insurance, right? Yeah. If you need a million dollars of insurance and the only thing that you can afford is term insurance, that's what we do. I, I wouldn't give you 100,000 of wealth building insurance and leave you shortchanged on insurance. But for most wealthy people, like if you don't own wealth insurance, you either don't understand it or you can't afford it. And wealthy people can't afford it. They just need to understand how it will work for them. Okay. All right. Most so wealthy people actually will own it in a corporation too. 
Interesting. Okay, so you get maybe maybe go into that a little bit because I I never even heard of that before. So you get you open a corporation to hold your life insurance. Why would why would you do that over putting it in your own name? You don't oh you don't open the corporation for the purposes of owning the insurance, but you might okay. have a real estate corporation gotcha. or a business. So now you can pay the premiums with pre-personal tax dollars and save even more tax. But when you pass away, the insurance passes through the capital dividend account and can issue tax-free dividends to the remaining shareholders. So instead of the massive capital gain that will result when you sell a corporation and when you die, it's deemed to have been sold typically, the value of that corporation can pass to beneficiaries tax-free. Okay. For real estate people, like they often want to pass some and or all of their estate onto their children. This is the most tax-efficient manner. How are the kids going to hold on to that real estate when there's a massive capital gains tax? This is the, this is the solution. Okay. So maybe we go back a step. So now you, you've set up this um, whole life policy. Um, you've been contributing to it. Um, the part of it, like it's been growing tax-free. You've got a, a chunk of money now. How, how do you use that for real estate? How do you, what, what are the penalties to pull that out? How, how does that part all work? And, and what are the, is there any restrictions or anything like that to it? Great question. So obviously being life insurance, we understand the benefits at death, but we are not locking you out of your money. It's about having liquidity use and control during your lifetime. So here are examples in which I've used my policy. I have purchased three properties. The down payment came from the insurance policy. And the way you do it is you borrow against the policy. You collateralize the policy. Much like you would, let's say, borrow against your principal residence. Okay. The beauty is that the policy is still growing even though you're borrowing, just like if you borrowed against the house, the value of the house is still growing, but you borrowed against it with a line of credit. So the, the line of credit in an insurance policy is called the cash value. And that, by the way, is contractually to only increase. It can never go down. Every time a dividend is issued, so now you have this asset that's tax advantaged, can never go down, is free from stock market volatility and real estate volatility. So it, it really adds a lot of value to your financial world. Okay. And you just, you just kind of compared it to a house and a line of credit to pull money mm -hmm. off of it. So if you had a house, um, you could, you know, pull a line of credit off and invest that. Um, but if yeah. for whatever reason um, you wanted to, you could sell the house. Do you have the ability to sell the policy the same way as you could sell a house or to redeem it if you needed to for some reason? Oh, that's a tricky question. Um... <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. 
I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. So it's funny, it's, it's illegal to talk about that as a financial planner to uh, sell a policy. Now in the States, okay. there is... Uh, it is much easier to do it. What is it called? Um, viaticals. So there are companies that will buy your policy for you. Okay. Um, in certain provinces, I think you can do it. So, but it's, it's a tricky thing. So could it be done? It could possibly be done. Yeah. It, it, but Canada doesn't, um, doesn't like that approach. It's kind of like, well, why does Kathleen now own a policy on Glenn? Yeah. Cause I have no insurable interest in you. So they don't, they don't like it, but the thing that the way to access the money, you don't need to sell the policy, right? Because you can collateralize it. You have the contractual right to always get 90% of the cash value that is there in the contract. And the beauty is, is that even though it's accumulating interest, you never have to pay that interest. Okay. Also, every life insurance policy, let's say one of the reasons why you want to sell it is because you're critically ill. Maybe you have two years to live or something like that. The life insurance companies will give you maybe 50% of the death benefit if you have a shortened life expectancy. So there isn't as big a need to sell it in Canada. Okay. So my next question is... You have this money. Um, it's growing inside of this life policy. H- how is it growing? Is it in what is it invested in? Because it's not in. You're going to pull the money out to buy your real estate. So how is the money that's stuck in the policy growing? So the insurance company manages what they call the par fund, and they invest in long term assets. So for instance, they have millions of of people whose lives they are insuring, and they actuaries know in any given year how many 50-year-old males will die. They just don't know which ones. So they are matching their assets to their liabilities. So they would own long-term real estate, unleveraged. They would own like long-term bonds. Um, There might be some very, very, very safe equity, um, high-quality dividend. Some of the companies went into that to augment the low interest rate environment. But that's basically, and then the the other thing that the, the par policy owns are policy loans. So one of the investments in the par policy is, you know, the loan that they have out to Kathleen on her insurance policy that she took out to invest in the project with Glenn. <laughs> that's awesome. So if that money's growing, they're investing it in a whole bunch of different things. What would you expect to earn uh, as an interest rate from your money sitting in the, the whole life insurance policy? Oh, another great tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> so it being life insurance, we're not really supposed to talk about the rate of return because it really isn't an investment. It's a storage of wealth. Uh-huh. It's a storage of savings. But Kind of like a house, thing, right? Because in a I, house, you don't actually earn any... Uh, wait, you just get the appreciation at some point, but it itself doesn't actually... Uh, it doesn't actually give you any cash flow from owning a house. 
Well, that's the thing. It's like, what, what's the return? What's the rate of return on a house? Well, it depends, right? The, the, the thing about life insurance, though, is I can't tell you what the return will be because you can't tell me when you're going to die. <laughs> so Hopefully if you not. pay one premium and you die the next day, the return could be 300,000%. Yeah. Now, based on a life expectancy of, let's say, 85, the return would be the tax, the after-tax, sorry, the, the after-tax equivalent of around 8%, okay. which is a decent amount of money. But when you use it for wealth strategies, which real estate investors do, and this is why it ties in so well with real estate investors, the return is infinite. Because you're because investing. We're gonna access yeah. that money, create wealth with it, and maybe put it back and find the next project. It's the same thing as if I asked you, what is the rate of return on your principal residence? Well, if you borrowed a hundred thousand, bought a property, and it went up by a hundred thousand, the rate of return on that house is infinite. Yeah. And that's why it's called sometimes it's called infinite banking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Business owners, real estate investors can create an infinite rate of return from these policies. I like it. Um, if someone's starting new, they don't have a policy at all. Do they? Should they be setting up a corporation? What's what's the What's the process? The steps they should take to do this? I wouldn't set up a, a corporation for the purposes of the of the insurance. Yeah. Okay. However, if in their financial world they want to grow real estate. Uh, portfolio and a corporation makes sense, then it might make sense to own the policy in that in that frame. But it's still tax free. To be honest, most of the policies I I own because we my husband and I we have two each. Yep. Um, we own them personally because we started them before our corporation. But now mostly, I sell those. I sell them mostly in um, in corporations for other real estate investors and business owners. Okay. <clears throat> so. If I wanted to do this, I give you a call. Um, what 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 do I have to do? Like, what's I guess probably just fill some paperwork and away we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would suggest if anybody wants to reach out that they go to my website, which is uh, wealthplancoach.com. Okay. There's a free guide they can download, and they can also book an exploratory uh, meeting with me, where I would basically look at their situation. And see what would make if this makes sense for them, okay. and how to if you know if introducing an untaxable wealth strategy in their financial world is something that's going to be to their advantage. That makes a lot of sense. I, my next question was going to be how do people contact you, but is there anywhere else? There should is that the wealthplancoach.com is the place to go. Yeah, that's my my website. I'm also an infinite banking practitioner, so there's a there's a lot of really good information on the that's a that's a group of independent Canadian advisors um and that's ibcanadagroup.com. Okay. And there's all sorts of videos and things on um research on on the topic there as well. I like it. Um is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Cuz I'm just I just asked you with the stuff. I know I, that we, about. I, I mentioned, I, I mentioned that I bought three properties oh, with yeah. the policy, but I've, I've also used it in other ways. So for instance, I'm trying to uh, boost my income for mortgage qualification. So we're working on a project, you and I, Glenn, and yeah. I basically had the opportunity to pull money off of my insurance policy for this project. 
also right now I don't have a lot of cash flow from my real estate, right? I'm one of those people that are really hurt by the rise in interest rates. But what I did was I paid off a mortgage with from my policy and I don't have to pay the interest on the policy. It will capitalize. And I fixed my cash flow situation. Ooh. And then, so there's all, there's all sorts of ways I've used it for private loans. And sometimes like right now, maybe people don't want to buy a property. So you can store your wealth there. And if we do see a major pullback or a crash, you can take it out. So it's growing tax sheltered and creating wealth. These are just sort of all of the ways that you can use the policy. I did, did want to also cover that, but that's about it. I mean, I think we've covered a lot. No, that was great. And that's actually an interesting technique to, to fix cash flow situations. Cause I think there's a lot of people, especially Ontario investors who um, they wanted to have as good a cash flow as possible. So they went with the variable rates a couple of years yeah. ago and, uh, They've, it's shown that it's it's went up a lot since then. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Kathleen, thank you for coming on the show. Um, people can reach out to Kathleen at uh, wealthplancoach, wealthplancoach.com. Um, if they have more questions, want to set up a meeting. Um, I honestly learned a lot. Um, and uh, I think I'll even be having... Well, I talk to Kathleen all the time, but I'll have uh, another, I might have a call about uh, doing the, setting something up like this to see what makes sense for what I'm doing. Um, so anyway, I appreciate your time, Kathleen. This was great. Thank you. No, I, uh, I love the idea of spreading the word. I think it's so crucial that, you know, we start to build untaxable wealth. And I don't think the path that the governments are putting us on is the route, right? Like RSP. So happy to spread the good word. Thanks again, Kathy. I, I totally agree. All right. Thanks. That was a nice video. Bye.